Hello and welcome to another exclusive TNC podcast. I am so excited about this one. Former Norwich City midfielder, 41 appearances and three goals. One glorious one against the scum. The solid South African, the only South African to ever play for Norwich City. Well, there was Bally Smart who made one appearance, but that will ruin my intro. So let's not count that. Welcome to the show, Matty Patterson. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, good, man. Thanks for having me on. Excited to do it. Yeah, mate, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure this is the first piece of Norwich media you've done since you've left, as we discussed off air before we started. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting one for the Norwich fans, to say the least. Matty, to kick things off, if you don't mind, I always ask this question. Let's let's go right back to the beginning. And I mean right back to the beginning for you. You obviously were born in Johannesburg in South Africa. You came over to England in, in 97. What do you remember of, of that? Because that in itself is a pretty epic journey. How did that happen? Yeah, well, uh, my parents, obviously, they, they were originally from, from Newcastle, uh, emigrated out to South Africa. Um, and myself and my brother were born out there. So it was just a case of us, us having our, our childhood up until I think I was 11 when I moved back. Um, you know, so I had my, most of my childhood in South Africa uh, before obviously moving back to, to the UK with my parents. Um, so, yeah, it was. It was, a, you know, it was a funny old story to tell, but um, a good one nonetheless. Absolutely, for sure. And and the the other kind of crazy part is that you you joined the Newcastle Academy at, at just fourteen years old. A, how did that come about? And B, what was the moment where you thought I've got a chance of making it as a professional here? But you know what? Even even in South Africa, um, you know, I was just I think because my parents were from Newcastle and my dad was such a big Newcastle fan, that was always you know. It was the same. Me and my brother both both supported the club, um, massive fans, and and you know because of that, I played football from a very young age. Um, you know, whereas in South Africa, a lot of people might have went down the, the cricket or, or rugby route. Where yeah. you know I just love football, um, so played that all my life. And then coming back to England, I was I was always a little bit sceptic and worried that the standard would be a lot better when I came back over here, which. You know, it wasn't really, and when I when I first sort of started school and playing football with with my peers, it, um, you know, it quickly became apparent that I was one of the better, probably the better player, um, which was which was quite surprising. So, just played local boys club football um, as soon as I got back, and and within a couple of years got scouted for for Newcastle, and then sort of went from there really. Um, so yeah. Did you did you ever play? I, I do wonder, Matty. Did you play rugby in South Africa? Is that is that where you kind of got your physicality from? Like, because I feel like during your time at Norwich, certainly that was an element of of your game that I thought Matty's not going to lose. Like, no one's going to push him off the ball. Was that something that like you? That is that just you, or did you kind of get that from the rugby side in South Africa potentially, or did you not play it at all? No, just to be honest, I, I never played rugby. Um, okay. I played a little bit of cricket, uh, you know, at club level because obviously you played football in the winter, cricket in the summer. Yeah, <laughs> I did play a bit of cricket, but never rugby. I think where I where I got my frame from was when I had my serious knee injuries at, at Newcastle. 
best part of two years. You would just spend literally months on end in the gym. Um, so I was quite a stocky frame anyway, but it took that to another level, spending that much time in the gym, you know, not being able to do anything else but lift weight. So sometimes it can be a bit detrimental to your, to your football career, but it's the only thing you can do at the time. We're going to talk about your knee injuries, Matty, because um, there's there's quite a lot that I'd like to go into on that. But before we do that, I know you only made 10 appearances for Newcastle, which is still a massive achievement in itself, considering your your family of fans and all of that stuff. But what was it like playing with the likes of, like training, sorry, with the likes of Alan Shearer, Patrick Cloyver, Craig Bellamy? These are like, at the time especially, you know, massive, massive players. I mean, for you, as a, as a kind of a Geordie boy, that must have been just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, that's a, I'll always say I was blessed at the time to go in to be involved with such with such players. Um, you know, like you just you just reeled off a few names there. Um, you know, and even likes of Gary Speed, Michael Owen, Nicky Butt, Kieran Dyer, Lee Bowyer, you know, Jonathan Woodgate, so many, and it's. To be involved with them players, you learn so much, um, you know, and to be able to train with them every day, it's it's it's, it's a massive, massive thing, um, and probably done a lot for my career. You know, taking little little bits from from different players. Uh, not all of them are, were great role models, to be honest, but you know, the the majority of them were. I was gonna I was gonna ask you, Matty, actually, if you don't mind, who who wasn't a good role model? Uh, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough one to say, to be honest, because you know you look at it two ways. You, like you, I always think that they were tough on younger players and and made life really difficult for us at times because they were testing us in many ways to see if we could cope yeah. with the pressures. Yeah, and, you know, it was sort of that that era where you were coming away from the real old school sort of you know yeah. apprenticeship, hardened. Yeah, 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 clean my boots sort of thing. Yeah, but these lads had all been through it heavily as 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 YTs and, and apprentices. So, you know, it was at times obviously like Kieran Dyer, Craig Bellamy, um, really tough on us younger players. You know, if if you weren't performing, completely different if you were performing. Um, you know, and they liked you and and you you know you you showed you could cope with the pressures. They loved mm -hmm. you then, but if if you know, I've seen them absolutely ruin players um, to the point where they they their career just go down. Wow, uh, really? You know, and it's and that's that that is the tough school of, of football. Um, and you'll talk to probably so many people that that have probably been been the same. Um, you know, lucky enough, I've done okay with them, and and you know, they I got on pretty pretty well. <laughs> well, it was, but but on a very serious note, Matty, what you've said there is right. However, I feel like that era of Newcastle boys were just absolute units like and and also they were fighters literally uh you, you said yourself lee boyer um kieran dyer alan shit alan Shearer, you would not touch those guys so it, it must have been just such a such a hard environment to grow in a funny sort of way it was um and to be honest i think the only reason i got such a chance there at the time was because of the because of the the size of the injury list at the time um, so many players um, were injured and big names as well where yeah. if you see when I, the majority of games I played was was alongside a lot of lads that were a bit similar to myself yeah um, you know like some Michael Chopper and I mean Charles Nzogbia to an extent um, you know 
David Edgar, uh, Paul Huntington, all players that were Stephen Taylor that came through the the youth yeah. system, and, you know, and we all got we all got opportunities at a similar time. Uh, unbelievable, such a throwback. Some of those players that you mentioned, and and away from players, you know, someone that we that we have to pay homage to, and and our and our greatest respects to is is that man Bobby Robson. It's just, I I I think you are so and you probably know this anyway but 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 i just think you are so lucky to have been privileged enough to just have a conversation with him like what everyone obviously for all of the right reasons gives him all of the praise in the world what was he like as a human being to be around yeah uh, brilliant you know like so upbeat and you know just loved life loved being mm-hmm. a with the football club that he that he obviously it was his club um you know geordie uh, just absolutely loved it, um, you know. And he's, no, I don't think, no, he's obviously seen what he done in his career. No matter where he went or where he had been, he, I don't think he ever changed. And you know, he always had that humility about him, and he was so down to earth. I mean, to be honest with you, I didn't work with him for a long time because, yeah, like I said, when I, I had sort of had a spell of of being involved with the first team for quite a while, and then playing my first game with all those previous names that you mentioned. Um, mm in a pre-season game and it was only the week after where I sort of you then injuries. done my ACL and you know that so but Bobby then, gave you that step up right Matty did he give you the opportunity yeah so the first game was 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 under Sir Bobby um, you know just just trained with him that day and I came up from the academy trained with the first team that day and he, and he said listen I, I like the look of you I want you to come travel with the team tonight and we went up to Celtic to play the, play <laughs> the pre-season friendly um, you know, so you're going from it probably didn't I didn't get enough time to to think about it or or to you know to reflect or anything. It just happened so quickly, and um, you know I thought from then I, I could really build on it, and then it just shows you life and football how things can change in in a heartbeat. That's some game to start, Matty. Even in a preseason up against Cel- like Newcastle Celtic, it's not exactly like I don't know like Norwich Tranmere or something. It's just boom straight away, big stage, <laughs> two huge clubs. So. Fair play to you, and and you, you've already touched on it, Matty. Let let let's open this up. Uh, sadly, we had to talk about this. I think it's fair to say that your career was um, was kind of damaged in a way by by your injuries, particularly the the two knee ligaments at um, your, your ACL, as you say, at Newcastle. Uh, players talk about this a lot more than ever before now, but at the time, I feel like it wasn't particularly prevalent. The the actual mental psychology side of things. I am in awe of you. How did you bounce back from not just one, but two of those? Like that must have been such a challenging period for you in your career. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was really tough. Like you said, there, it's, it's, it's and so much of it's mental, and um, you know, to, like to be in to, to be in a gym constantly and not be able to go out with the rest of your teammates and yeah, and, and get involved. And you see some of them progressing to to a place where you want to be. It's 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 a lot it's a lot to, to take in, and um, but it's one of them. If if you, you just have to try and stay focused and, and get and get through it, you know. Obviously, the second time being was so much worse than the first time because you know that you've got to go through it all again. Mm. You know that was probably the the toughest toughest time of my whole career. That second that second injury, um, I think it took me probably six weeks to really really start start cracking on and. and mm realizing okay it's happened now i need to try i need to try and, and get going again and, and mentally prepare myself for what's ahead how old were you at the time matty when that happened to you 
Um, I would have been 17 and 18. So obviously when it happened, first one 17, second one 18. Unbelievable. Because if that happens to a young player, it's so tough. It's so tough. So again, my absolute respect to you for, for that. And um, maybe maybe some Geordies will respect you for this actually as well. A rather strange moment, 2007. Can you guess what I'm going to say? Michael Owen knocked yeah. out the pitch. Just, just talk me through that mental moment. Like, what actually happened? It was just a freak incident. Um, I think it was, if I remember rightly, I think it was Watford, Watford away. Um, it was just a throw-in. So both of us were, were working the line. Um, I was in front of him, um, and the balls got thrown over my head, and I spun to try and get a to try and get it back off him. And then I, he's been closer than I thought, and my shoulders just banged straight into his chin and just cleaned him out. Um, you know, and, and at the time, I think he had only just recently came back himself from a from an ACL, um, which I think at the time is, I think I'm sure his wife and his or his kids might have been in the in the crowd uh, that day or watching anyway. And you know, they feared the worst. They must have thought he had gone down again. And um, so he always he always had a bit of a joke, and, and you know, he told me about that after after it, <laughs> he's had his full family on. On you know, thinking he had done his ACL again, and he was probably already under enough fire because at the t he was under fire from the Newcastle fans at that time, wasn't he? So that was probably the last thing he needed was you giving him a shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. He got a lot of he got a lot of stick, especially in that game. I think, as he as he said in his book, and I remember it. And it, you know, again, it was it was so uncalled for, and um, you know, I, it was a bit disappointing, really, from from the fans, if I'm honest. Mm, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously not not in with the Newcastle fans, but you you do read and see and hear about it, and I know how much of a of a kerfuffle Michael Owen's um, autobiography uh, brought up. And so, my empathy to the Newcastle fans, but maybe you should respect Matty for giving him a shoulder. I don't know, but I'll stay out of that one. And um, right here we go, Norwich City time, 2007, the loan deal at first. Glenn Roder, of course, your former gaffer at Newcastle, comes calling. First of all, just on that on that loan, Matty, why did you make that move, and how did it feel to join Norwich at the time? Yeah, it was it was sim pretty simple to be honest. Um, you know, I I just wanted to play more games. Right. I, I was I got the, I started feeling a bit stale playing reserve team football. You know, under 23 football as it is now, constantly and week in, week out, it was becoming tougher and tougher to challenge yourself. And like I said, you, you find yourself becoming a bit stale. So, um, yeah, it was obviously, I'd like you said, I'd worked with Glenn from the academy up into the first team. He, he had just a couple of weeks prior took, took Lee Clark uh, to, as his assistant. Yeah. Who had been my reserve manager. Top you know, man, by the way. Incredible guy. <laughs> yeah, loved Clark in a bit. Um, you know, and he I think he was a big reason for me for me going there as well as Glenn. But I think with me spending a couple of months with Clark in the reserves, I think he was a played a big part in getting me there. So um, you know, once I got the call, it was it was an absolute no brainer. Um, you know, Norwich were going through a bad, really bad spell at the time. Um mm. so in my eyes it was it was just you know, it was a no lose situation. You go there, you get games. You help the club try and move forward from where from where they're at, which was I think bottom of the league when Glenn first went in, wasn't it? Um, in and around there anyway. Um, 
I know you, you had got a couple of results prior to me to me coming, but yeah, absolute no-brainer. Uh, didn't know nothing about Norwich as a place. I obviously knew the club, um, you know. So I was really, I was really excited to go. Uh, you know, and you couldn't you couldn't get me there quick enough? And and how did that pro? Because obviously you first came on a loan deal, and then what sort of conversations happened for it to become permanent? Was, did did was it just like again? Was it a no-brainer for you? Was it easy, or or did you want to go back to Newcastle to try and make it there? What was the situation with the permanent deal? Well, I think <coughs> I'd really enjoyed my loan spell. Um, I, I don't know whether I played ten or eleven games, but you know I'd, I'd done pretty well in that loan spell. Yeah, you did really enjoyed my football um you know coming to norwich and not knowing a lot about the city and i always knew it was a big club but you don't you don't you don't realize that until you're actually playing there um and probably you know as norwich is, is a lot like newcastle in, as a football club in many ways where you know the fans are so passionate you get you get maximum capacity every home game um you know the fans live for the for the club so when you, when you go there and you see what it's all about you know, it's um, I just everything fitted. Um, I like the place. You know, the city was a little bit quieter to, to obviously <laughs> to Newcastle at the time, which really which should have which should have been a good thing for me. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that later. But uh, <laughs> it was just it was it was a good move for me. Um, loved it, and you know, with with Glenn and, and Lee there at the time and Steve. Uh, they they done all they could to get me to convince me to um, to stay. You know, I, I had I had a few offers at the time from from a few other clubs. You know, and, and but I never really entertained them because I wanted to be a part of 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 the club with them at the time because I I really enjoyed working for them. So go so go on then. Now 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 it's all over and been and done and gone. What what other clubs were were interested in you, Matty? Uh, I think Bur- Burnley Burnley was a main one. Um, oh, okay. You know, I think at the time there was quite a lot of interest there, and I, I think it was, might have been Chef Chef Wed as well at the time that expressed mm. a bit of interest. Um, well, we're better than Burnley, definitely. That was a no-brainer. <laughs> so <laughs> your Wednesday at the time. <laughs> you no, know, obviously Burnley weren't where they where they are now, and yeah, true. But yeah, true. nonetheless, I, you know, once speaking, I spoke to had a good conversation with with Clarkie on the phone. I think we had played Palace. It might have been New Year's Day. We played Palace away, um, and I was driving back up to Newcastle on the after the game with my obviously girlfriend, which who's my wife now. Um, you know, and and we 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 were already discussing the potential of it, and you know, I had a call from him just saying like, we really want you to, to sign permanently, so have a good think about it, and you know, and, and make the right decision. And and how long did it take you to think about it? A couple of days, and it was it was it was done deal. Um, wow. You know, there was there was no. As much as I love Newcastle as a club, when you when you when you go from being a big fan to a player for the club, your 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 sort of your your perspective changes a little bit. Um, mm. You see how the club is, which it's a fantastic club, but you lose a little bit of that that real bond that you have with the club as a supporter. Yeah, um, you know. So I never had any intentions of going back and and having another another crack at it because. For, for one, I just wasn't a Sam Allardyce player at the you know at the time. He, yeah. he, made, it, he made it apparent that I was only ever going to be a squad player, and, and at the time, it just I just wanted to play games. And you obviously got that at Norwich, uh, Matthew. One of the main reasons why I wanted to get you on, one of 
there's there's a couple more bombshells coming is Mr. Roder. We have to talk about him. Interestingly for you, actually, I, I'm because w- what I really want to know from you is what was the difference between the Glen Roder at Newcastle and the Glen Roder at Norwich? And <laughs> what was your relationship like with Glen Roder at Newcastle and at Norwich? Yeah, what 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 a lot of people don't realize is I had a very up and down relationship with with, with Glenn. Um, I always knew I always knew he rated me highly, and and, he, and like I can't thank him enough for what for what he done for my football career because he basically an academy player up through the ranks at Newcastle, played under him, and then moved on to Norwich and had a had a good spell there. Um, you know, so I, I really I really like Glenn. He was he was a character. Um, you know, he was he was one of them blokes that didn't have a filter. You know, he said what was on his mind. Um, I think he had a bit more of a filter when he got up into the first team at, at Newcastle and, and was with some really, really big egos and big names. Yeah. Um, you know, which when he like when he came to, to Norwich, maybe not as much in terms of high profile players. Mm. Uh, you know, he, he he would he would speak to people a lot differently than he did in, at Newcastle and. And it would rub rub a lot a lot of people up the wrong way. Um, like I said, I had a, I had a, an up and down relationship with Glenn because if if I wasn't performing to the way I should have been, he was on me constantly on me. So I was, you know, I was in his office more than probably any other player because I think in many ways he he, he wanted me to kick on again to 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 you know to what I did. I done okay probably okay at Norwich, but I think he wanted me to take my game to the next level. So Matty, when you say you were in his office. What what happens there? Does does Glenn literally call? Does he call you? Does he come up to you and say, "You, me, my office now"? Like, how does that work? And yeah, what could, it could be what that. Happen? It could be that. It could be Clark Eels telling me to go and see him, or one of the lads that he's seen previous night come and say, "You know, the gaffer wants to have a word with you." It could, it could be anything from, you know, having a poor day on the training pitch to, you know. You're looking a bit. You're not looking yourself around the place, or I've been caught out and about, um, which, which happened a few times. Somebody's somebody's been on onto the club saying they've seen you in so and so. Mercy nightclub. Yeah, that's been one of the places, and you should have been. You shouldn't have been there. And is that why you look like like a bag of shit in training? <laughs> um, so, and yeah, and, and so I. It was with with Glenn, with Clark, with Steve. It was it was almost as if I was like their their son, and like they like they was constantly disappointed with me if I if I didn't if I wasn't doing the right thing. Do you know what I mean? Because of the Newcastle, because of the Newcastle link. Yes, and because probably I'd initially came and done done very very well, um, yeah. and helped them get to a place where they where they wanted to be. I think, yeah, you know, they there was there was that sort of that relationship. Um, and I, I, I had a couple of fallouts with with Glenn myself, and you know, with when I didn't, I maybe didn't agree with him, or you know, or thought just yeah, I thought yeah, I'm not having him talk to me like that, um, you know, which which happened with a lot of the Norwich players, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, you know, he upset a lot of the lads just by the his tone and the way he spoke to people. Mm. So you know? okay, let's let's start then with your fallouts. What do you remember of your fallouts? What and, and by the way, I'm. I can't, I cannot fathom it getting to the point where you spark up at a manager because for me, it's almost like 
there's got to be an element of respect there, of hierarchy in a sense. Like, I know you're all a team, but at the end of the day, the gaffer's calling the shots. So for him to say something, for you to stand up to him, what what happened there, Matty? It was just it would just be gen, general stuff, really. I would never do it in, in a group scenario where you would undermine a manager. I would I would always have that respect for him. You know, yeah. if, if I went into his office and and he pulled me up maybe on on being out on the weekend or you know, or, or not performing in training, or maybe could take me through a few clips in a game, and maybe I thought he was being a little bit harsh. I, like at times, not all the time, but I would just say, well, you know, I don't I don't agree. Um and then he would spark him off and he would, uh, you know, say, well, how, how don't you agree? Like, you know, you've you've turned into this player or like you haven't made the pass or, you know, it's and you just have a bit of back and forth. I wouldn't say that I, I massively fell out with him. Um, you know, obviously, when I got done for the drink, drink driving, that was, you know, all my fault. But because I was. I was fuming with it on, on the Monday morning. Like I had a bit of an argument with him then as well. But um, you know, he had every right to to absolutely berate me that Monday morning. But um, you know, as a young player, sometimes you just can't take these things on the chin. We're gonna get. We're gonna definitely get into that. Um, well, I'm gonna call it iconic story. Um, <laughs> a lot of uh, we 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 will get there. But first of all, you 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 mentioned it, Matty. Um, what was he like with the other boys? Because we, we we had Semi on last week and he spoke in depth about his attitude towards the younger players and him just, as you've said, you know, rubbing people up the wrong way and all of that, that, that side of things. Like, what did you observe and, and what do you remember of that time? Like, what was the feeling in that squad? Like, I could imagine the changing room just being a really, really rough place to be. Yeah, I think you know. I think he came. He came with probably with a little bit of a of an attitude of you know these lads haven't been doing the business. Now I'm coming in and I'm going to put my stamp on the club. Um, you know, I've came from from Newcastle, worked with some top players, mm. and I'm, I'm I'm going to come and and stamp my authority on this dressing room. And and like I said before, even though he's not working with with egos as high as he as he as big as he as he had at Newcastle, but there were still some big egos in the, in the Norwich and some big personalities in the Norwich dressing room. Um, I mean, Dion Hux. <laughs> that's what I mean. And, and you know, he's, he's as you know, Hux, Hux wasn't initially one of his favourites, as I'm sure, as everyone knows. Um, for what reasons, I, I don't know. Because to me, like, probably the best the best player played with the Norwich by a mile. Um, you know, should have, should have played every game. Uh, for whatever reason, when he first came, maybe he thought that right fans' favourite, maybe not not doing as well as he should do. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and you know and and come, come in and, and and sort of hammer him like like you said, semi semi had it off him time and time again. Um, and to be honest with you, semi sort of bit his tongue and 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 credit to him, never really never really bit. And I think at that time, you know, of course, it's because he's. You've got to you've got to watch your own career. Um, you know, yes, he can he can say that now because he's came to the, to the end of it. But you know, I was I was very surprised that he he did bite his tongue a lot of the time. You know, um, and Kuro, another one had a few fallouts with Kuro. Um, there was a there was a few players, um, and like obviously Kuro's was probably the big, the biggest one, uh, if I remember rightly. Chef Chef weared away last game of the season. Um, Dion's last game, 
yeah. as, a, as a pro and, and there was a fallout in the dressing room there and you know Kuro basically said I, I won't have you talk to me like that um, you know simple as that because Jamie has, didn't, <laughs> to be honest with you didn't take any shit um, you so know what why, why, why did that happen Matty because for me that day and actually Norwich fans watching and listening to this now will be like Matty, Matty, no, 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 no! Don't, 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 don't um, tarnish that memory because that memory is almost like the last day of Hux and Dion. That's that, that's like a big day for Norwich fans. And so, yeah. you're saying actually, it all kicked off in the changing rooms. Yeah. So why? Why did that happen? I just think because you know the the, the way the day panned out, um, it was such like I said, it was an it was an iconic day. Um, you know, especially for Dion being his. You know his his retirement. Um, I don't know. Did, did Hux? I don't. Did he retire that day? I don't think he did. Did he? Did he? Well, no. But unfortunately, that was the last time he played as well. So very frustrating. Yeah, I mean, Dion. You know, it was the way the day. Like I said, the way the day panned out. It was. You know, we had chef chef went away. Loads of Norwich fans. We were safe the week before. Uh, we we packed out the the away stand. We played so well. We probably played the best we played all season. First off. One nil up, and everything just fell apart second half. And and you know, to be fair, to be honest with you, I think we we let Dion down that day because you know for such an occasion, you as a player you want to go out on on a, on a high, don't you? Yeah, of course. You want to potentially go out, you know, with with a win. And we were we were we were so much in control of that game, and and things just just completely went pear shaped. But in all honesty, and fair play to to all the fans, they realised what a what a you know. A servant he had been to football and, and and what a player and they all you know gave him a stand innovation but at the end again because maybe Glenn should have left this till till an, you know, another time or perhaps the week after or when we got to training Monday I don't think it was the right time to bring to bring it up and start calling people out but there was a few few names mentioned about you know for the collapse in the second half and and I don't, I don't think it was right myself I think it could have it could have waited because of because it was Dion's day, right? Exactly. Yeah, it was it was Dion's day. Um, you know, come in, just tell the lads, yes, we weren't happy, but don't start, you know, reeling, picking people off and and absolutely hammering them. You know what I mean? It's it wasn't the time for it. Um, and he did that to to probably about four or five players that that day. I just I I just don't I just don't understand. How like I just don't understand how he even got past the point of being employed. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. And, but but what's even more crazy for me is I mean I've got a great relationship with Clarkie. He's been on the podcast before. Absolute top man. But it seems like those two characters were just like chalk and cheese. And it just it why why how did that work? I think that you're exactly right. They were they were chalk and cheese. Um, but I think in many in many ways that's that's why it, it worked. It did work. Pretty well because <coughs> Clarkie was massive. Was your was your was your go between between the two of them? Yeah, you know he was that buffer. He would do a lot of training. Him and Steve would do a lot of the sessions. You know they they would do a lot of meetings. They would you know they, they would sometimes socialise with us lads. Yeah, right from time to time. Um, you know Glenn done none of that. Glenn was literally the manager. Spent a lot of time in his office, obviously doing recruitment whatnot. Speaking to a lot of agents. Um, you know, so, but a yeah, lot of loan players, a lot of loan players. Yeah, I mean, we're so like you say that they, they were the polar opposites, and you know, Clarkie is top man, and he's uh, 
he's a proper he's a proper pl- uh, footballer's kind of kind of guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, no, he is absolutely. I can imagine you got on well with him. And um, let's 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 take you on a happy. Let's put you on a happy. Let's get you in a happy mood before I put you down again, Matty. Um, <laughs> Norwich fans will always remember you for two things. But the fi- but the thing on the pitch they'll remember you for is that goal against Ipswich. What do you remember of that day? Because obviously Lee Croft scored an absolute pile driver from outside the box. But of course, you, you scored as well. So you're forever going to be down as a player that, that beat the scum. And that's a big deal in terms of in terms of Norwich City folklore. And how do you feel about that? And what do you remember of that day? Yeah, of course. I mean, like I said before in the in the in the interview, you don't realise what how, how big the club is until you come and you experience it as a player. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to play in, in, in two, two of the derbies, I think it was. Um, you know, I played at, at Portman Road, which was, which was, again, was a fantastic experience. Um, it is Portman Road, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Portland, well, we call it Portaloo yeah, Road. Exactly. Um, you know, and I would have called it that for after what they'd done to the bus on the, on the way there. Um, what do they do? Whoa, 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 stop, pause. What do they do on the way there? Well, she had to go through all the all the fans, so they were just they were hammering the bus and throwing pelting all sorts of the bus. Really, um, I don't know. I don't know whether the coach driver had went the wrong way or, or what, but uh, you know. And again, it was it was we had such a good start in that game, and then I think just it, it ended up going going downhill. Um, Mahomes is fine. Oh, yeah, like you said, it was a great day because all my family had came down um, for the weekend. You know, my mother. My wife, uh, brother, mates, um, you know, and it was a Sunday game. So, you know, fantastic experience. The atmosphere was electric. Um, and I just had this feeling all day that, you know, on Sky and for some reason, I, I, a couple of weeks prior, I'd scored against Forrest on Sky as well. And it's, I think you know, scored three and four. I actually obviously did my research before you came on. I think you scored three goals in four games or something like that. Bit of a purple patch for you, Matty. I did, yeah. I was uh, leading up to that game, so it was. Uh, I just had this feeling that, that something was going to go for me that day, um, you know. And, and as a, and as a team, we played well. Uh, you know, not so much first half, but I think second half we played really well. Um, you know, and it was one of the one of their moments that all a bit of a blur. It, it sort of happened so quickly off off the free kick. It just these things never happen where they just drop to you. You know, yeah. couldn't have felt any better. And to be yeah, honest, like I couldn't have tried my best to miss it. Uh, <laughs> you know, in, Into the bark as well. It couldn't have been more perfect, Matty. A very, very, very good memory. Yeah, I think of all the memories that will go down, it's probably the best, the best one for me in football. Just the wow. whole atmosphere and scoring and going, you know, just celebrating after it was it was a fantastic day all around. Of course, it was. It was an amazing day. And, it, and, it, and I think that might, and correct me in the comments and tweet me if I'm wrong, I think that might have been the first game of our winning streak, of our, our, our decade and beyond of dominance. So you're a real trailblazer there, Matt. Oh, well, so, so well done. Right. Come on. Now, this is what people have tuned in for. Let's, let's be honest. Uh, I've obviously told a few people that you're coming on today. And I feel like, honestly, Matty, I'd be doing them a disservice by not asking you about this. That story, 2008, Colney in your pants. <laughs> now, now, what? I'm not, by, by the way, disclaimer before we start, and I'm sure Matty will say, 
it's not good to drink and drive, but can, can you explain from start to finish in as much detail as you finish, as you feel comfortable, what actually happened and how did you end up at Colney in your pants? Well, first of all, it, it wasn't it wasn't a true story what the papers had portrayed, um, and but the actual true story is even better to be honest. Oh, I mean, okay, here we go. In in as many in as, as good a way as it can be, like I said, obviously it's not good to drink dry, but yeah. but as the story unfolds, it it actually in my in my opinion was a, was a better story. Um, go on then, take you from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> we played we played Sheffield United away, um, got beat two 0 if I remember rightly, or two one. Um, so, you know, obviously when you get beat, you don't really want to, want to go, you know, be seen out in town and, and living it up. Um, so it was myself, uh, Ryan, Ryan Bertrand at the time, uh, I think Chet, Chet Evans, uh, might have been PSC as well might've been there. So there was, there was a few of us anyway, all the lone lads. And then obviously myself, cause I think I was still in the hotel. Um, you know, we just, we said, we'll have a couple of quiet ones in the hotel. Which your famous last words, uh, which obviously went on to mercy and and whatnot, and I think we went, ended up back at a party somewhere. So, you know, long story short, I didn't didn't get in back into my hotel room till about half four, five o'clock in the morning, absolutely what? steaming. Um, okay. So, this is the the bit that I'll never never know myself. I I got up in the morning, um, you know, still probably two hours later, two and a half hours later. And just had a massive panic up, thinking that I don't know why to this day why I thought I had training, um, but uh, like panic got up, like just threw any bit of clothes on, um, and this and this is this is the like leading into the funny part. I didn't actually put any boxer shorts on, so this is going to come later. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on, you hang on. So you were naked. So I just threw no, I just threw a pair of jeans on and I threw a jumper on like in a, in a panic and trainers on no socks a lot. So I goes, I, I, and I, I run, I rushes out the hotel at the, at the Dunstan hall um, and realized I haven't got my car key. So I go, go back to the reception, stinking a drink, um, asking for a key. So I'm going back because I've left my key in my room as well. So he's given me a new key. I've gone back in the room, got my car keys, came back out again. St I'm, I'm probably stumbling around and, and like just be a, a bit, incoherent and so there's me gets drives out the hotel ends up pulling up to the training ground i literally pulled up like on a on a slant on and i'm up on the curb um at the back of the training ground where, where the the port cabins were at the time um and walks walks in, into the into the training ground it's 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 sunday it's it's open uh it's, it's probably about eight o'clock in the morning bear in mind we don't normally have to be in till 10. Uh, not not a soul in sight, uh, and I was I'm just like I'm just thinking where is everybody? Like I'm just got the stupid probably stupid drunk look on my face, thinking where is everybody? Um, and I still ask myself to this day what what would I have done if I was training? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I'm sat there waiting waiting for people to turn up, um, and the police come in. Two policemen come in into the changing room. Um, you they know, the changing room. So you let yourself in. I was in. Yeah, I was in. All the doors were open. I think the cleaners must have been in. So they come up to me and say, "Read me my rights." Obviously, straight away because they had followed me apparently from the from the hotel. 
Um, and this is the funny part. I because I just threw any bit of clothing on. I I'd, I'd, I had a pair of jeans on that were were far too baggy for me at the time because um, it was ba- 2007 where baggy jeans were in. Yeah. Um, so it didn't didn't have my belt on. So I mean they cuffed me, which I thought was very unnecessary. Stuck me in cuffs. Obviously read read me my rights. Um, so with my hands cuffed like that, I could just my jeans just start falling down, start creeping down, um, and I'm, I'm not really paying any attention to it because I'm still drunk and I, I'm, I'm slurring my words to the to the, to the copper, um, and then it just just drops, and I'm just stood there like that, everything, everything hanging hanging out, and then oh my God. I'm, I'm saying to the copper, listen, you're gonna have to. You have to give me a hand, Joe. My pants are dropped. <laughs> so I'm like, like that, trying to trying to pull them up, uh, co- covering myself. And um, obviously, it wasn't very, it wasn't a warm morning either. Wow. So, um, so you were you were all giving at the uh, in the col- in the Colney car park. Yeah, basically. So then I was in the back of the, the police car, and I spent I spent most of the Sunday in uh, sleeping sleeping off my hangover in the police station. And then what? And then so okay, right. So this happens, and you you're in the police station. And then I remember at the time the club obviously got hold of it because the chief exec at the time, Neil Doncaster, did a did some sort of statement, I think. And obviously the Norwich fans are thinking, "What the hell's going on?" But let let's get into the head of Matty Patterson. So you must have been dreading coming into training. But yeah, I mean. It- you know, so because of how naive I was, I was, I literally like came out of the police station and, and I, I remember because I, I had a couple of mates, I think it was my mates and my brother were staying for the weekend, um, you know, for the week coming. Um, and, and like, I didn't really, I didn't really think of it too much because I thought, I actually thought stupidly enough that maybe nobody knows about us. Um, you know, maybe it's, it's I'll, I'll go under the radar and, and it's forgot about now, you know. Um, obviously, Oh no! <laughs> Monday, Monday morning, because I used to get I used to get the paper delivered to like put under my my door at the hotel. So Monday morning, like that was the first. I mean, I'd spoke to Clarky on the Sunday because he had he had I had a missed call of him obviously while I was in in jail. And missed calls from Clarky. <laughs> his voicemail was he had say he said, "Listen, Matty, I've uh, I know what's happened. Like, make sure you give me a call when you you know when you when you get this, etc." You know, and at the time, when I, as soon as I got got out of jail, I'd went for for a Sunday roast. I'd went to to Rocco's of all places for a Sunday roast, and I rang him back in there, and he said to me, he said, "Where are you?" Rocco's for a roast. <laughs> and he's, he said, he's, he, he was to be fair, he was fuming. He said, he said, do you think this is where you need to be? Uh, he said, you've just been like locked up, done for drink driving. He says, do you think this that's the sensible place to be? Yeah, on your Sunday roast <laughs> again, like because I'm stupid young footballer, naive, just thinking nothing of it. And then, you know, Monday morning, like I said, the paper comes through the door, the mirror, uh, and it's all over the, the back page. National. Uh, and obviously the head the headline had, had read caught drink driving in his underpants. Um, which, you know, at the time, like Obviously, especially for my, my girlfriend, like you, you're reading that, you're thinking, well, Jesus, what's going on? What's going on here? Yeah, God, um, yeah. Cool. You know, that was the first thing that came into my mind, like, you know, and, and I was, and it was just obviously, it was innocent, you know, it was, it was mad. Um, and I'm thinking, oh, shit, this is, this is bigger than what it is. 
Um, what, what, what sort of reaction did did the players give you? Because I could imagine some of the lone boys might have found it funny, but I imagine some of the some of the some of the more experienced boys would have not been best pleased with you. What was the reception like from the lads? <laughs> to be fair, that, that, uh, I mean, it was a very, very, very frosty um, sort of atmosphere when I walked into that dressing room. But I think that was more of the fact that of what they knew was coming my way. Um, oh, yeah. You know, like, obviously, everyone, every because of what happened, like, and this was like going to basically be a, what to come was going to be a massive warning for everybody. Um, you know, all come from coming like coming from me, uh, but obviously I, I'd seen the likes of Dion and and Hux and that on the way in, and they did they did they, they didn't really say anything anything bad. I mean, they had like a little sort of half smirk, not not as if to say like it was funny, but you know we you idiot, yeah, say you're an idiot, but we we still love you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and and, and so so the wrath of Rhoda. What happens? Um, so as I was walking in, he literally just ran out, ran out of the office, and just started screaming, "Get in, get in the office now!" No. Um, and I actually, I actually thought at this point, yeah, he's, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna go for me. Yeah, he's gonna kill you. After, when he gets me in his office, he's, he's actually gonna throw punches at me. Yeah. <sighs> um, and I really, really thought that. And he just. Basically, like, obviously, don't want to repeat the language, but like, we're just f and f and f and sit down, sit down, like, you know. And he just went, you know. He says, "We've given you this opportunity, you know. We've done everything for you. We've we've took a massive chance for you, and this is how you repay us." And and it was, he was bang on. Um, you know, they had shown a lot of faith in me, and I and I let them down massively. Uh, because, and what came with that was a lot of a lot of media. You know, there was yeah, there was a there was a there was something leaked. And to this day, we still don't know who that was, because it was only somebody that it was only, it only could have came from the dressing room, the stuff that got printed. So there was a there was a you know that's never that's never a good thing when you've got that in, in the dressing room. Um, yeah, of you know somebody who's, who, who might put the knife in. Um, you know, so I think there was just everything that surrounded it they didn't need at the time. Mm. Uh, it, I think it's and by, and by the way, Matty, and, and obviously we 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 should do this. It's, it's the right thing to do. We're laughing because I'm laughing because of the wrath of Rhoda. I'm laughing because of the story of your pants falling down. But I'm definitely not laughing at the fact you 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 were drink driving. And I'm sure you would join me in um, in saying that it's it's uh, an absolutely horrendous thing to do. Yeah, of course. I mean, listen, I stupid young thing to do. Um, you know, I yeah. coach kids. I coach kids now that are that are that of that age. You know that. I'm trying to guide in the right direction. That's certainly not something that I would. Yeah, I'm never proud of, or or would, you know, would obviously definitely not advise anybody to do. Um, you know, and it's it's something that you've got to take seriously. Uh, you know, must be the, must be the regret of your career, Matty. Right? Massively, because I think, <laughs> in many ways, once you get a bit of a tag of being a, a bit of a party boy, you know, mm. somebody who, you've been done for drink driving, and then obviously there was a couple of other occasions few months down the line where something happened again yeah. you start i mean you start that your, your name starts getting put out there as a bit of a you know a bit of a wrong and um and ultimately that's probably probably largely why you know my my career at norwich sort of went, went down yeah 
No, fair enough. And, and respect to you for, for saying that, Matty. Um, let's take it in a different direction now. Let's do a bit of a quick fire. Best, who are the, you, you've, you've mentioned Hux. Was he the best player that you played with at Norwich? Yeah, def- definitely. I think um, all round, I think definitely the best, the best player. Um, just obviously one of them lads that could win you, could win you a game out of nothing. Um, you know, what people maybe don't realise about Hux is how hard he works away from the place. Away from the tra- away from the, the pitch, sorry. I mean, the bloke's a machine in terms of his physique. Yeah, uh, f- fit as anything. Trained. He was never injured, hardly. Uh, you know, and was a was a was a good trainer. Um, you know, so for me, probably Hux, I would say, was definitely the best. Obviously, at the time, Ryan Bertrand, who's a big mate of mine. Um, you know, he was really really good for Norwich, but he took his career on to another level. Uh, Gibbsy, another one, lone player at the time, spent a lot of time with him. Um, you know, had 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 a great career. Has sorry, still still playing for West Brom, obviously. Um, I'm just trying to think of others. Uh, Dion, you know, got a, got the opportunity to play with Dion for a season, which was fantastic. Um, you know, but what as as well as being a, such a good player, what a bloke he was as well. Um, Unbelievable, like such a nice guy. You know, again. Wouldn't say he wasn't a party. He wasn't a party guy, but he loved sitting down having a couple of pints with him, and and you know he was that type of bloke. Yeah, just a solid all-round bloke, which is great to hear, Matty. So good to hear. And let's talk about when you left Norwich now, because the reason why you left, if I'm right, was that you fancied your chances of getting in the South Africa World Cup squad. And do you? Do you regret that or do you think because of what had happened, it was the right time to leave Norwich? You know, I look back, I always, I sit and discuss this all with my wife all the time. And, um, and I, in, in hindsight, it probably, it probably wasn't the right move in all honesty. Um, you know, my wife was pregnant at the time, uh, you know, and, and I think it would have been a really good place for us to be and, and, and you know, and, and bring a child up in that, in that environment where we were. You know, it was it was it was time to start quiet, quieting down, and 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 I think I, I would have done that. Obviously, Gunny, you know, Gunny when when he when he left, it, you know, Paul Lambert came in, and it's two back to back promotions. Arsenal yes. had two and a half years left of my, or sorry, two years left of my contract. So, you know, that, that would have took me took me sort of back to the Premier League, and then you don't know how, how you would have fared under a different manager. Yes. Um, Again, because it's it's another manager bringing his own ideas to a, to a club. Um, you know, I didn't fit into Gunny's Gunny's plans. Uh, you know, and and some of that again was down to that tag of of yeah. getting involved in, in problems all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, South Africa. I'll say now was a when I look back at it, it was a great move for me. It was so it, it was a good move and it wasn't a good move, but yeah. financially it was a fantastic move for me. It, I did get the opportunity to try and get in that, to get in that World Cup squad, which I didn't didn't in the end. I think I should have done, but I didn't. Um, you know, and and it, it was one of them places. I, if I didn't have my wife and, and children, at, you know, my last year in South Africa, we I had obviously had my my youngest daughter. Um, you know, and if and, and if it wasn't for them, I probably would have stopped out there till till even now, and I would have finished my career out there. Oh, wow, blimey. I did really. Once I was there, I loved it. Um, but, but Matty, it's not. Um, it's not all doom and gloom with regards to um, the Bafana Bafana because you, you did actually 
you did make five appearances for for the national team, right? Yeah, I did play in the end um, a couple of times. Uh, you know, I, I should have played again a lot, a lot more because I, yeah. I I got to a point where I was really, really performing out there, and, and my football, you know, I took my football to another level out there. Um, and whether whether that was because I'd settled down a bit and I'd matured a little bit, or whether maybe the stand the standard probably wasn't it wasn't as good. Yeah, another reason. Um, you know, it wasn't as it wasn't the championship, um, but I really enjoyed my time out there. But in hindsight, I think I should have probably stuck Norwich out longer than I did. And, you know, I, th- I think I could have really, really settled there. The grass isn't always greener, as the Norwich fans quite often say to um, uh, a lot of people. Um, that's, that is normally the way it goes. But it's one of those things, isn't it, Matty, where I think quite often when you come to Norwich, we're, we're not quite a... We're not a Newcastle, right? But we're we're kind of in that middle. We're we're up and down from Championship to Premier League, and there is always this element of I could probably do a little bit better than Norwich. But it's like, how do you make that step? When do you make that step? And you certainly weren't the only person to fall victim of that at all. I mean, Lee Croft's a massive one. You know, he said to me forever and a day, <coughs> his biggest regret was leaving the club at the time for for Derby. And Matty. What are you up to these days? What's going on in your world? Um, so I take the, the under-19s academy at, at Gated, so academy manager. Um, something that I, you know, I really enjoy. Um, I, do, I, do, I have been getting involved with the first team quite often as well. Um, yeah. you know, so it's, it's, again, it's, it's, a, it's a stepping stone. You know, I, I've took my badges and <clears throat> it's something that I really enjoy. It comes naturally. Um, you know, it's, and it's, it's something that I'll probably pursue on again and, and, and keep doing as well as I can. Um, you know, I love working with lads that are like, like I said before, or, or what I used to be. Um, or yeah, yeah, because you know, you know what not to do, which is great. And I, and I think it comes across. I think the way I am comes across in a good way to players because I think they respond quite well to that. Um, the Lee Clark, not the Glenn Roder. <laughs> I think more so Clark. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I think something that I enjoy and and it's, uh, it's 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 where it's where I see myself. I think. What's your ambition for the future, Matty? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? The game is just take taking taking this as as far as I can. Really, um, mm. I'll continue to do to do badges and, and improve on that. Um, you know, and and I'll continue doing doing working with Gated and trying to produce as, as many young players into that first team as possible. Um, you know, we've got a great setup at the club. It's it's a club that that is probably it's not in, in it's not the place in the place, sorry, where it should be. Uh, you know, down to factors that aren't football related. Um, yeah. You know, and and we've got a, a brilliant team of, of people at the club now. You've got Mike Mike Williamson as, as manager. Um, you know, Ian Watson assistant, and and they 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 taken the, the club you know to to another level. And you know, I'm, and I want to be a part of that. And you know, and, and, and take this club as far as we can. It's it's on my doorstep. It's home. Um, you know, so it's 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 a really good fit for me right now. May I? We wish you all the very best of luck. And um, Matty, there are obviously literally thousands of Norwich fans watching and listening to this now. And um, this is your opportunity to. You, what, what sort of message? Would you, <laughs> what what message would you give them after the time you had at the club? I think you know, if, if like there's a memory that always sticks in my mind and. And it was that it was that game after obviously after the incident with the with the drink driving and whatnot and you know 
Glenn, Glenn kept his faith in me for that weekend. I think we played Colchester at home. Um, and I, and I, I remember we, we, we batted in that day. I think we might have been like five. Five wasn't it? Because that was when Semi, Semi scored that day, didn't he? It was, yeah. And we won, we won the game 5-1. And the memory that always sticks in my mind is when I came off. I think I came off after about 60, 65 minutes. Yeah. And all the fans were up and they, and they you know, they, they were standing ovation for me coming off. And, and I think so, a lot of it was down to the fact, again, saying like you've made a mistake it was the wrong thing to do but we, we stick by you you know because the fans always understood that you know I, I gave everything for the club and and whether whether that was whether that was enough in terms of a of a performance you know it wasn't always it was probably my time in Norwich was a little bit too inconsistent um but again I was a young player uh, but I think they could always say that I, I gave a hundred percent and I think that was them showing their appreciation that day and sh- sh- sticking with the, you know sticking with me um you know and that's and, and they were fantastic all the time um i very rarely bumped into an orange fan on a saturday night or a or during the week that that had something bad to say about me it was always positive um you know and and as a city everything i just i love the place um you know and it's it'll always have a special place in my, in my heart um and you know i always thank thank them for this their, their support that's so good to hear, Matty. It really is. Um, I, and, and also it says a lot about how important it is to, to stick by your players. You know, when, you know, when backs are against the wall, when something's going on behind the scenes, you know, it's always good to give people a, a, a chance and it's always good to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I think that's, that's really good to hear it from your point of view, Matty. So thank you for sharing that. And um, Matty, that is, that is it. That I, I just wanted to say a huge thank you for, for coming on today, I really appreciate it. I, enjoy, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Thanks for having me on. Um, it was always it was it was good to have my first my first uh, bit of media about Norwich City since leaving. Like, yeah, I really, I really, really do. I really appreciate it, honestly. Thank you very much. And of course, thank you to every single person right now that, that's watching or or listening. If you're watching, don't forget, we're almost at 20,000 subscribers on YouTube, so make sure you subscribe. And if you're listening on iTunes, leave a five-star review. Don't you dare leave a four-star. Matty, there's only one thing left to say. What is that? On the ball, City. Come on. Love it. Thanks, Matty. Cheers. <laughs>